Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I still believe through the cold and through the heat, through the rain and through the tears, through the crowds and through the cheers. Oh, I still believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast, a very special annual episode, the fourth annual fantasy football special featuring our good buddy, Connor. But first, I'm also joined by Raleigh. Yeah. And then Connor, man, how the hell are you? Doing well, man. Favorite time of year. Very exciting. You know, yeah. all of our uh, hopes and dreams for the fantasy season get to be fulfilled. Every team you draft is amazing. It's a good time. So for those of you that are new and the old time listeners as well, every year around this time, we have our good buddy, Connor, come on, who is a fantasy football guru. Forget the blogs and all these experts online. No, 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 no. This man right here will draft on uh, February morning, Tuesday or Wednesday morning over a cup of coffee year round 365. What is it? 24, seven, 365. There we go. This man's thinking fantasy. Am I right? Just grinding mock drafts. So we've had a lot of people that have reached out the last few weeks asking when the hell is this fantasy episode going to happen? In this episode, we, and by Raleigh and I, we, we mean Connor, will give all the best, all the insider fantasy picks, guidance, advice for beginners, advanced folks, uh, and some sleeper picks as well. And a lot of people have reached out, again, knock on wood, and said that because of this episode every year, they win their fantasy league. So not to brag, but we're bragging. And by win fantasy leagues, we mean Raleigh's intern playing for him. Yeah, I shout out Sebastian. I am back to back champion uh, the past two years where I had my the little unpaid intern managing my fantasy account and uh, the league. They they banned him. So now it's just me. I may just retire and be like, all right, I'm, I'm walking. Yeah, you don't out. want to mess up that streak. So it probably was time to hang it up now. But I, to kick this off, Connor, let's just start real basic here. Um, for people that have been in fantasy forever or are doing it for the first time, I think one of the first things that comes up when you're doing your fantasy is if you're in a PPR league or other league, can you just quickly break down before you get into your strategy overall what the difference in the different kinds of fantasy leagues is? Yeah, so from a scoring standpoint, the things you want to consider is uh, with quarterbacks, touchdown pass scoring, it can be four points, five points, six points for a touchdown. That's going to kind of change how you value your different passers. Uh, PPR is, is the biggest component. It stands for points per reception. Uh, you have full PPR, half PPR, 
or standard scoring, which you don't get any points for cash. You just get points for the yardage that everybody receives, which, you know, from a very broad strategy standpoint, the difference if you're in a PPR, half PPR lead, you want to value, you know, running backs that catch passes a little bit more. You will, you know, maybe place a little bit of extra value on a slot receiver that gets a lot of easy catches and maybe with the, you know, deep downfield touchdown shots, but they're racking up a high amount of volume in terms of how many targets they get. It just kind of changes slightly what you want to emphasize. Um, more or less, the the rankings are going to be pretty consistent overall, but small tweaks here and there, depending how uh, how hardcore you want to get. So when you go into a draft overall, let's talk just one on one, like I'm a two year old. Let's just talk basic overall strategy when you sit down to do a draft. Yeah, so I think the best way to look at it is kind of going taking a look positionally. So we'll look at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end spots. And you want to think about kind of where within the average draft position certain players are falling that that you want to target for each position. And so, you know, for example, at quarterback, very rarely are you going to see somebody draft a quarterback in the first round, for example. It's just not something that, that people really do. It's but why? Uh, because the difference between the number one scoring quarterback and the number let's call it 10 scoring quarterback is not nearly as drastic as the difference between like number one scoring running back and the number 10 or 15 running back. And so positional value is a little bit different or the scarcity of being able to find a real impact player at that position uh, is very different. So, you know, in my opinion, running back is the position where you get the biggest difference makers, the difference between a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who gets all of the touches, they get passes, they get all the goal line carries and the most opportunities to score touchdowns. They're not sharing the ball with anybody else in that backfield. There's only a handful of guys that, that have that. And that positional value there dries up very quickly. And so uh, same can be said of some of the running, some of the receivers that are, you know, your Cooper Cups, Justin Jefferson's guys that are catching, you know, Cooper Cup caught 19 touchdowns last year. You know, that's uh, there's not that many guys that do that. And so uh, really the first round is always entirely running backs and, and wide receivers. And then as you get a little bit into the, the late second, early third area, you start to see a couple of quarterbacks, a couple of tight ends come off the board as well. And then, uh, you know, things kind of start to even out a little bit more from there. But Generally speaking, yeah, you don't see quarterbacks in the first round. You don't really see tight ends. Some people maybe would say take Travis Kelsey super late in the first, early second. But, you know, outliers aside, um, for the most part, we want running backs and wide receivers. Um, You know, if if we kind of go, I'll walk quickly through quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, and and kind of what my strategy is for each position. so starting with quarterback, I like to get somebody who runs the football also. If you look at the top 10 scores at the position, uh, most of them are going to be quarterbacks that at least run the ball a little bit. You're talking fantasy scores, not fantasy scores. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yes. So your top 10 fantasy scoring quarterbacks generally going to be guys that run. Ideally, you get somebody who's a good passer and a good runner. So, you know, in my mind, that is really Josh Allen. Justin Herbert, 
Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Those are kind of your your top five guys um, that both run and pass the ball well. Next to them, you get uh, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance. They're good at running the ball. They don't really throw the football all that well, but enough so that, you know, they tend to score well in fantasy. Can I interrupt you and ask, I'm interested why you put Trey Lance there when we haven't seen him play yet? Uh, because he, a couple of games that, like, he started two games, I think, last year, and in one of the games, he ran the ball 16 times. Okay. And, uh, Point taken. That's, that's a lot of carries. You know, that's a, that's a pretty high volume there. So, um, I don't, I'm not a huge believer in, in, in him personally. We'll see how that works out. But even if he's a bad real-life quarterback, if he's running the ball, like, 14, 15 times a game, he's going to put up big fantasy numbers. So I guess to backtrack for just a second, why I like the people who run and why um, why the top 10 tends to be running quarterbacks, you think about how the scoring works out. You get one point for every 25 yards passing, typically. You get one point for every 10 yards rushing. And so if you get a quarterback that runs it for 20, 30 yards a game, that's the equivalent of passing for, you know, 100, 150 yards a game. And, you know, the touchdowns oftentimes get six points for a rushing touchdown. You might get four or five points for a passing touchdown. So great example of this, Matt Stafford. Last year he threw 41 touchdowns. He tied his career high. He won the Super Bowl. Amazing real-life fantasy quarterback or real-life quarterback. And in fantasy, he was the 10th overall quarterback. They're not bad, not going to kill you, but, you know, not at the top of the position there, even so, though he had an amazing season. Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. He's nowhere near that top 10 in terms of fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah, I have him about eighth in my rankings. So if you miss on all the guys that run it a little bit, he's kind of the first pure passing quarterback that I would I lied. Play. He is top 10. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's about eight. Uh, so if you miss on all the guys that run uh, – Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, those are kind of your next best options. And, um, you know, if you take one of them, maybe with your last pick, you take somebody like Justin Fields, who, uh, you know, could end up running the ball a lot if he's being chased around and the Bears are awful. And, uh, you know, he's having to go. All signs point to that. Connor, correct me if I'm wrong. You cycle uh, through quarterbacks on the waiver wire a lot, don't you? Um, a few years ago I did. Yes. But it's really, it's kind of become increasingly clear year by year that if you get one of those running guys, they give you, you know, they give you, if I, if I take one of those running quarterbacks, that's the only guy I'm taking. And I'm pretty much rolling with them the entire year. Unless it's somebody, you know, if Jalen Hurts or Trey Lance really sucks and they get benched, you know, obviously we've got to make some changes and, you might end up rolling with like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, or somebody, and then you start to cycle matchups. So um, streaming the quarterback position is what that's called, where every year you look at the waivers, you see who plays the worst defense, and you uh, you pick up that quarterback and you play him. It's still a somewhat viable strategy, but uh, you know, if you want weekly consistency, the running QBs is, is kind of the way to go. And kind of this is – this is like a pre-segue segue into the Browns. But when you were talking about McCaffrey on the Panthers, he is the only guy getting the touches yeah. uh, running back. He's going to be catching passes, goal line stands, et cetera. He is a great running back, but there's a difference between a great running back or a great receiver and a great fantasy running back and a great fantasy receiver. 
a lot of people may think, oh, Nick Chubb, he's awesome. And he is awesome. He will get you points. But that's the example of a back that could be splitting, will be splitting touches with guys like Kareem Hunt, who's also a fantastic running back. So how, how do you kind of evaluate for good running back versus good position or uh, excuse me, good fantasy running back, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, you kind of, I guess, folks in, in the fantasy industry call them high-value touches, and so that's passes, that's carries inside of the goal line. You want guys to get both of those. So, um, you know, if you're looking at the first round of, of this year's draft, you know, it's, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook. Some people like Derrick Henry. I'm, I'm a little worried that he's old and uh, has carried a couple thousand times. So Tread might be wearing off the tires a little bit. But, you know, guys that are the focal point of the offense, everything runs through them, whether it's the passing game or the running game. Those are the guys you want initially. So, Raleigh, let me correct me. If, I think to kind of add on to Raleigh's question there, I think I see where you're going. Chubb has come in what second place in rushing leader uh, a couple times, two, three times in his career. He's arguably, if not one, some people say he's the best back in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey is kind of the undisputed number one overall pick in fantasy this year, right? Perhaps. Remember Jonathan Taylor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand he had a crazy year last year. Christian McCaffrey's been has only played what like like half the games the last yeah in the last two yeah. seasons. You see Chubb going off every game so explain because some people are going to be like wait a second Chubb is one of the best backs in the league McCaffrey hasn't played much of any of the last two seasons why is Chubb not in that conversation or someone like Chubb not in this conversation yeah I mean in my personal opinion Nick Chubb is the best pure runner in the entire NFL oh yeah and um but he is seeding you know I don't know how many games cream hunt ended up playing last year but you know he's getting like nine four or five catches a game you know he's getting a lot of the red zone work he's getting a lot of the passing down work because he's also a good pass blocker and uh, does some of these little real life football things that keeps him on the field and so while nick chubb is doing the most with every one of his touches he's only getting maybe 60 percent of the looks that some of these other guys are getting and so it's purely Okay. The amount of opportunity that he's getting pushes him down the board a little bit. That's not to say like I wouldn't draft Nick Chubb. I would take him, you know, middle to late second round very comfortably, but but he's not really a first round guy because of that uh sharing of the workload that, that has to go on with Cream Hunt. So to recap so far, sorry, real quick, to recap so far, you're not picking the best players you're not picking your favorite players you can pick whoever you want don't get me wrong but in terms of fantasy there's a strategy and there's a reason why you would pick a christian mccaffrey over nick chubb or uh uh, you know jalen hurts over tom brady because by the points that they're getting per game for their specific performance raleigh i I was just gonna kind of build on most of the people listening to this podcast are likely browns fans probably playing in leagues with their browns friends Browns fans friend. So I, I think you guys should be telling them, yeah, oh my gosh, I want Chubb so bad. And then like sucker somebody into taking Chubb like third overall. Um, food for thought. Good in strategy. Turn, in yeah. turn, if you're listening, 
once we find our next uh, group of <laughs> fantasy players to infiltrate, uh, let's keep that in mind. Yep. Yeah, bait the homers for sure. You know, but uh, yeah. So uh, I guess continuing on with our our positional run through, um, talk a little bit more about the running backs. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the scarcity of the of the guys that get all of the looks that we want. Those you know McCaffrey types. It's pretty narrow, and they tend to be all drafted by about the end of the second round, middle of the third. So I'm a big advocate of, of making sure to absolutely grab at least one running back in the first three rounds, preferably in most cases I'm grabbing two. And then, um, you know, if you grab one, it's called hero running back. Uh, there, there's another strategy called zero running back where people just ignore all of the uh, top options. They take all the best receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, and then you wait for running backs to get hurt and you hold all the backups that you draft later and uh, hope that, you know, by the middle of the season, you've got a few quality starters. Um, also a viable strategy, but is that a big time gamble or yes. does that work? Yeah. More? Okay. It's, it's a very, it's a, it's a Ricky Bobby approach. You know, if you ain't first, you're last, if it doesn't work <laughs> out. So <laughs> it's like fantastic Begin- beginners, beginners don't do that. Yeah, yeah, would not necessarily recommend that, but but in uh, these like kind of high stakes expert leagues, you will see people try that approach with with some success. But um, but I would say you know if if it's your home league and, and you're drafting with buddies, uh, one or two running backs in the first three rounds. If you only take one, I end, I usually end up waiting until rounds like seven or eight before I draft the next one because I love all the receivers that are in the middle rounds. So I'm just piling up on dudes that are going to be studs at the receiver position, filling out everything else, and then piecing together that second running back spot in the starting lineup with with some guys in the later rounds. And so, um, yeah, like, if you only get one, you just smash committee backs, guys that are sharing the backfield, Kareem Hunt, you know, types, uh, in, like, rounds 8 to 11, you know, and just just – grab like four of those guys and one of them will work out probably. So uh, that's, that's the running backs uh, wide receiver again, because of the running back scarcity thing I mentioned, I've been drafting running backs in round one pretty consistently, no matter what I do love like a Justin Jefferson, Cooper cup, Jamar chase, awesome real life players, very fun to watch in fantasy, but you can get guys that can match 95% of their production, you know, in the third or fourth round in most cases. And so I'm tending to get my running backs, maybe get a top tight end or a top quarterback in the third round. And then I just smash receivers rounds like four through eight or nine and then get take like four or five of them and uh, really fill that position out in the middle rounds. Um, And then the tight ends, I think in the home leagues, again, when you're drafting with your buddies, this is a big difference maker spot uh, because the top four or five tight ends score way more points than, you know, the 10th best tight end. And so when you're filling out a whole starting lineup, where the biggest advantage can come from in your lineup is getting a very good tight end. And so if you can get Travis Kelsey in the second round, I would do that every time. If it's the late second, early third, and you can get like Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts, all about that. And then if it gets to the fifth or sixth round, you can grab Darren Waller or George Kittle. Those are great options as well. Guys that are 
a focal point of the passing offense. There's very few tight ends that, that kind of hold that moniker. And so you want to get one of those if you can. What about, and I was going to ask you about him anyway, he hasn't been a top five, 10 tight end, but he just got paid like one, our very own David Njoku. Yeah. Seeing the state of our wide receiver core right now, there is talk of him being a big focus in the passing game. What are your thoughts on him? And where would you take someone like Njoku? Yeah, so uh, ties in very nicely with the finishing thought on the tight ends. It's just, if you don't get one of those five guys that I mentioned, I'm waiting until double-digit rounds, and, and I'm taking somebody exactly like David Njoku, somebody who's got a great athletic profile. We know that they're, uh, you know, if they get a bunch of opportunity, they have the athleticism and the skills to do a lot with it. But you can draft David Njoku in the 12th round right now. You know, you don't, you don't have to reach for him. So um, I prefer doing that versus taking those guys like, um, you know, like Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz and some of these dudes that are people just because the tight end spot's not full on their lineup when they're looking at drafting players, they're taking them, you know, in the sixth, seventh round. I'd much rather wait, build some bench depth and take a guy like Njoku later. So um, as your him. first, as your first tight end of the draft. Or- yeah. Okay. And then, you know, we, we talked about streaming quarterbacks earlier. Um, tight ends, another spot where if you don't get a top option, the streaming is a viable, viable option there where you look at matchups, you look at who's been hot lately, play the waiver wire, and you hope to get lucky grabbing somebody who scores a touchdown that week. <laughs> and so uh, um, following the trends on who's been getting targets pretty much is, is what you want to do. You mentioned the Cowboys. Two quick questions. I'm going to flip back to wide receiver for, or excuse me, running back first. Which of the two Dallas running backs? There's a lot of talk between Zeke and Pollard. Who is the one to take? Because that's similar, like a Kareem and a and a Chubb. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're both pretty comparable because they're both kind of Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott are going in kind of the same range, and Pollard and Kareem Hunt are going in kind of the same range. So. Chubb's going like mid second to late second. Zeke's going like late second to mid third. Mm. And then Kareem Hunt's going in like the seventh round. And Tony Pollard's like right around there too, seven, eight. Wow. Okay. And so um, from a value standpoint, I like the the Pollard and, and Hunt options just because it doesn't cost you, yeah. you know, a very top tier player. And, you know, not to like, God forbid Nick Chubb ever gets hurt, but you know, if, if he ever goes down, we're knocking Kareem Hunt's going to be a top five player. And, um, yeah. And if he can stay also, in, if we trade him, uh, he's also my, you know, he ends up on the Eagles or he ends up on the chiefs or something, you know, like he might be a top oh. running back if that happens as well. So you kind of get a free lottery ticket there. And then, you know, Kareem Hunt also was a top, 10 points per game running back before he got hurt. So with those kind of high value touches, he gets a lot of them and, um, and he gets passing work. So I like everything that he does. And then, you know, Pollard, like they might split him out wide and throw him passes a receiver because they're so banged up. I mean, it's CUM and, and nobody else right now. So, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, just like the Browns, it's Amari Cooper. No one else. No, yeah. sorry. People's Jones might be a sleeper. I know. And David Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why is Amari nowhere to be found on any of these top 10, 20 running or wide receivers for fantasy? 
Yeah, I think uh, people were just scared of uh, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> you know, like you know how our offense is going to look. Like we're gonna we're gonna run the ball thirty times a game if we can. You know, forty times a game if we can. If we're not losing, and uh, so you know, like a game that the Browns win early in the season, we might you know ideally we throw less than twenty passes. You know, we're just we're grinding clock, we're playing good defense, and um, you know, we're just slowly eating up time and and holding leads. So that's not super conducive for fantasy points. Um now th- that said, I like Amari Cooper as a value for where he's going. You know, you can probably get him in the sixth round in a lot of cases. And you know, to your point. It's a really narrow target tree in terms of of who we're going to be directing passes to. You know, any design plays, those are going to go to Amari Cooper. Any of these easy catches where you get run after the catch options, you know, that are designed for that, those are going to go to Amari Cooper. Um, He's going to get, he's going to get his still, you know, it's, and then, you know, the thing that I don't think people are counting on is if you make it into playoff contention, Deshaun Watson comes back, and you might have a league winner, you know, if that offense starts clicking, he might smash at the end of the season. So uh, right when the timing is right. So I, I love Amari Cooper where he's going right now. One more wide receiver question. The, the NFL top 100 came out. Um, the number one player, according to that, is Devontae Adams. He's widely regarded as the best wide receiver on the planet. Again, another case in point, I have not seen Devontae on anyone's top five wide receiver for fantasy. Well, maybe some, but he's usually on the the later round wide receivers again another example best player arguably the best position but not the best fantasy wide receiver can you break that down a little bit yeah so with him um you know it's the change of scenery you never know how they're going to work in the new offense sure and and Devontae adams and aaron Rodgers had like almost a a telepathic connection where they just know you know they know exactly what the other is doing and they, they have a connection that is unrivaled on any other team in the NFL. And so that goes away and you get um, your question. Devontae Adams was never particularly fast, like not a big jumper. His athletic profile isn't really elite in any way. Uh, he's also turning 30. And so there's some questions of, you know, where the age cliff is, where you start to, you know, production starts to decline as, get a little bit older. Um, I still like him as a top five receiver. Like he's, Mm. but, but the Packers literally used to use him like run plays in the red zone. You know, if they're on the five yard line, they just run these little tunnel screens or, you know, really short slants. And, you know, it's just such easy picking with the Rogers connection that, you know, they use cheating in short yardage stuff, which we don't know if that's going to happen in, in Oakland. So, or sorry, in Las Vegas, but, uh, but yeah, so I think that's the main thing. I would still draft him in the top five. I mean, uh, him and Derek Carr played college football together. So there's still, you know, probably some chemistry there, uh, you know, or at least they'll pick it up quickly wherever they left off. Goddard, I got, I, got I have a new question. We, we may have never asked some of those previous questions. We may have asked them in the uh, three episodes prior to this. Where are you at with rookie evaluation and when it comes to fantasy, where you got guys like uh, Chris Olave, 
uh, Garrett, what the hell is his name? Garrett Wilson, Wilson. George yeah. Pickens. You know, they're not necessarily, where are they on the guys of that caliber? Uh, you know, first round draft picks, wide receivers, running backs, whoever. Do you try to pick them? Where, where do you try to pick them, if at all? Yeah, so there's, um, historically speaking, you are going to get some rookies breakouts, uh, you know, particularly at the wide receiver position, but the learning curve is still there. It takes some time. It, it's certainly less of a sure thing. And so. Like we're not going to have a Jamar Chase every single year. Right, right. And, and even Jamar Chase, you know, he was the fourth overall pick or something like that in, in the draft last year. And, uh, you know, he was still going in like the sixth round or the seventh round. People were saying he kept dropping the ball in training camp. Nobody wanted him. Uh, you know, they were calling him a bust and stuff. <laughs> That's another thing. Don't listen to training camp news too much. Like it's fun to read the blurbs. It's fun to read, you know, like the notes from the beat reporters and everything. But um, regular season is a whole different ball game. And, you know, Jamar Chase was the ultimate example of that. I mean, people were trashing him going into the year last year, and then he puts up, you know, like an all-time rookie season. So, um, so I, you know, you can get any of the rookie receivers this year in, I would say, eighth, ninth round or later. And so, you know, I like taking a shot on on a couple of them. Um, you know, in that range, kind of once you've filled out your starting lineup and you're into the bench players and, and you want to look for people that later in the season, once they adjust to the speed of the game and everything, and they get up to speed on the, you know, kind of rookie learning curve, they can be game breakers for you when it comes time for the fantasy playoffs. And so, yeah, to your point, Saints gave up a ton of assets for, for Chris Olave to trade up and get him. They're definitely going to use him. Michael Thomas is hurt already. Uh, you know, the guy's always got a hammy, always got some. God, seriously. And so, uh, so, you know, there's, there's some chance that lingers all season like it did last year with Michael Thomas and Chris Olave is the guy down there. And, um, you know, he's coming in polished. They said he was the best route runner in the draft and super fast. And he's got everything you, you ask for. So I love him and, you know, you can get him probably ninth round or so. And, that's a great choice. Garrett Wilson's a dog. You know, all of us Ohio State football fans. <laughs> guy's incredible. You know? Love him. Yeah. So, uh, like him in the same range. George Pickens, you can get like 10th round and, and you know, all indications out of the Steelers beat reports, which I just said not to read too much into. But, uh, you know, we'll kind of play both sides of the coin there. They're saying he's, they're saying he's the best one, uh, you know, best receiver in camp. And, you know, had he not torn an ACL – during the, the 2021 college football season, he probably would have been right up there with those other guys. So credit, to, credit where it's due. The Steelers know how to draft wide receivers. A thousand percent. Yeah. And this was, uh, this was Kevin Colbert, the, the Steelers GM, uh, who's, who's taken all these guys throughout the years. This was his last draft and his, uh, mm-hmm. you know, final guy he's, he's signed off on. So, you know, I, I trust him certainly. So, um, so yeah, he's a good one. Sky Moore for the chiefs, uh, who knows how that receiver situation is going to going to play out. So um, he's worth a lot of ticket weight. John Dotson probably going to start for the commanders. Uh, there's a handful of rookie receivers that I like. And then, you know, we, we talked about filling out, you know, the second, third, 
fourth running back slots, you know, in rounds kind of eight through 10. And there's a couple of good rookies running backs to look at as well. So like Damian Pierce for the, for the Texans, um, he's competing with Marlon Mack, who tore an Achilles, um, you know, a year and a half ago and is still coming off of that. And Rex Burkhead, who's like a 33 year old legend, Jim, Jim rat, grit monster. Legend. You know, uh, so, um, you know, they sat Damian Pierce out of the last preseason game, which uh, you don't really see with rookies, but it definitely means they're like, he's a starter. So, you know, you can get him like eighth round. He's great there. I, I take him almost every time. What about Jerome Ford? Because they say they drafted him because he's like a Kareem and can catch and run. Yeah, I, I wouldn't take him this year. Um, if we if we dump Kareem next year, we trade him. Like all of a sudden, he's he's going to be very valid. If, if and uh, you know anybody goes goes down with an injury, comes in there. But you know, Dearness Johnson came in and had a couple hundred yard games. Yep. You know when he was given the opportunity too. So it's a little bit murky in terms of who's. Who's the next in line behind our two-headed monster there for now? But but next year, Jerome Ford is absolutely going to be on my radar because you know we I doubt we keep Dearness Johnson or Kareem Hunt beyond this season. So unrelated uh, to fantasy, first. Oh, sorry, I thought you were done. Oh no. Uh, unrelated to fantasy, but using your expertise and your knowledge, is Kenny Pickett going to be an annoyingly good quarterback for the Steelers? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, you know, and Steelers are a great organization as much as we don't like them, but uh, they tend to do these things better than most other teams. So there's a little bit of faith there, but as, as, as a prospect, you know, he wasn't good until his senior year. Uh, in which case he was like a 23 year old playing against, you know, 20 year olds. So, you know, I'm not a huge believer. He's 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 torn up the preseason a little bit, but also preseason football, like teams aren't allowed to blitz and they play a vanilla based defense. And, you know, there's not a lot of complexity going on or they're not trying to trick quarterbacks into interceptions or anything necessarily. So it's not a great evaluation of, you know, like, yeah, we know he can make the throws, but, you know, if you're in, in the NFL and you're not Mitch Trubisky or something, then, you know, like, most of the time, every, everybody can make those throws. So. My level-headed Steelers fans yeah. say, uh, granted, no one knows. This guy could be the next Tom Brady. Who knows? But they said if he didn't go to Pitt, this would not be that big of a conversation. It's just a lot of people are putting a lot of, you know, he went to Pitt, now plays for the Steelers. So a lot of people are saying that's got a lot to do with the hype and the belief that people are putting in him right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, I, he, he came out and had, like, two really good preseason games in a row. And Absolutely. So his hype train's been going. One of the highest that, rated. Yeah. That. But uh, I don't know. I don't read all that much into that. I don't think he's going to start still or, you know. No. I've always, I've preached this on, I think I've preached it on the show, but it is so hard to evaluate who's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL uh, coming out out of college. And I'm like, I don't know a lot of things. I'm just saying I would never draft an Ohio State quarterback for my NFL franchise because their players are always so much better than the players they're playing. When you look at guys like uh, Josh Allen, okay, he made Wyoming relevant. Ben Roethlisberger made Miami University relevant. 
I'm not sure where Cal was when Rogers was there, but the best guys, it seems like they, they come from the, the, like the football, the college football team was relevant because of their quarterback play. Cause if you're Ohio state quarterback, you're not getting drafted by the Ohio state of the NFL. You're getting drafted by the Browns or the whoever sucks that year. Yeah. And you get like Mahomes and Brady yeah. case in point. Yeah. No, it's a, it's an excellent point. I was actually, it's funny. I, I was uh, actually in Hawaii and, and talking with clients about this exact topic. Once we got off the business stuff, that's a good humble bag right there. We had a long, long conversation on this and uh, yeah, we were saying the exact same thing. Like if you play for Ohio state and you have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who are both top 11 picks in the draft and then Jackson Smith and Jigba who's also going to be a first round pick. Like they're just running wide open. It's impossible to to judge like how good the quarterback is because everything's so easy, you know. Versus, yeah, you know, you're Josh Allen playing in Wyoming and kind of throw some slow farm boy wide open. That's a little bit di- different, you know. It's uh, <laughs> so yeah, different games. I think it just like sharpens the the tool set a little bit more when when you're on a bad team. That being said, Burrow is like the opposite of that argument. Right, right. Um, In in numerous ways. One, he was at Ohio State. He still overcame adversity, though. He didn't get the job at Ohio State. He goes to LSU, wins a title, and then is annoyingly good for the Bengals. Yeah, Yeah. fourth fourth stringer at Ohio State. Now he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, and to be fair, Jamar Chase is running wide open around the field. (laughs) <laughs> no, what, what, is, what does he say like he is that good he just says f it throw yeah. it up jamar's yeah. down there somewhere yeah. yeah hey we're back to fantasy for a second let's talk kickers and defense i feel like they kind of fall into the same purview in terms of the let, let me ask you where do you draft those two positions the last two picks of the draft okay. so even for like a What's his face? Um, why am I blanking on Ravens kicker? Um, Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Still last pick in the draft. Okay. I actually love Cade York. I'm going to take, I'm going to take him this year. We're knocking on a couple wood. of drafts because you get for field goals. If it's a 30 yarder, you get three points. If it's a 40 yarder, you get four points. If it's a 50 yarder, you get five. He's out here in practice banging 60 yarders. Those are fantasy touchdown equivalents. You know, like if you get a guy that's that's booting those Ooh. long ones, uh, the kickers with the big legs, that's what you want. Or you want a guy on a team that scores a lot. If they're, you know, if they're on the right side of the 50 all the time and uh, he's getting more chances to kick field goals, that's good too. So come on, uh, Stefanski. Yeah. Take the points. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Jesus. Dang that 60-yarder. Good on. God. Um, you have been noto- – no pressure. You've been notorious the last few years of pulling these sleepers out of places I've never seen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, oh, it was a couple years ago. What's his face for Jacksonville? Uh, Josh. James Robinson. James Robinson. Oh, yeah. Josh, whatever. James Robinson. Then he was like – you were like, hey, trust me, pick this dude. And then he went off fantasy-wise that year. What are some guys that – you know, maybe if they're still there in the late rounds or even earlier that you put that much, much weight in guys that maybe we're not hearing about. Yeah. Um, Any position. Yeah. I would, I mean, running backs, I like to take the shots on, on the rookies. Um, you know, you never know when they're going to emerge. If it's a rookie and they're in kind of an ambiguous backfield without a clear starter, those are the guys you want to take shots on. So like I mentioned, Damian Pierce, 
he's probably the top one. He's almost he's getting enough hype where he's creeping up into you know he's out of the double digit rounds now. So you kind of gotta you know when he pops up on your list in the draft, you know that's when you gotta start thinking about taking him. People aren't gonna sit on him, but um, you know him. Brian Robinson, he's a he's a rookie for the Commanders, running back. Um, looks like he's going to get a lot of a lot of goal line work. He's a big Alabama back. Um, took him in the third round. He's got some draft capital. Uh, he might take the job from Antonio Gibson, who was a stud in fantasy for two years. So um, he's pretty sneaky. Uh, James Cook for the Bills. Uh, you know they they wanted a passing back really bad a pass catching back they made a big offer for jd mckissick from the commanders they ended up matching it and then they drafted james cook in the second round and nobody expected him to go in the second round so they value his skill set quite a bit he could be very good uh michael carter for the jets he's another one that uh they took Brees hall in the second round this year he's going in like the fourth round i think michael carter is gonna be the starter there and uh you know, it may be a little bit of a timeshare, but he's so cheap right now. He's, he's worth a shot. And, uh, you know, the last running back I would throw out maybe Khalil Herbert for the Bears. Um, David Montgomery is in his last year of his contract. I don't think, at least from my perspective, I don't see any reason that they would re-sign him. So uh, they might want to see what else they've got once they've lost a bunch of games. And so <laughs> Khalil uh, Clue Herbert's the next guy up. He had, uh, if you look at advanced analytics stuff, better stats across the board than David Montgomery. He might get a look later in the season. So you guys play. listening better be writing this down. Just rewind <laughs> the past 30 seconds, and I would write all those downs. One of those is going to hit. I know yeah. they don't matter. Pers- well, all right, oh. let me take the back. Uh, I know one other one, Daryl yeah. Henderson for the Rams. Uh, Daryl Henderson for the Rams. He's... Uh, you can get him in like probably the ninth round or so. And Cam Akers is the guy that's supposedly going to be the starter. Uh, he came back. He like, holds up. He came back insanely early from a torn Achilles. Like he yeah. tore it, I think, in the preseason and was back by the time the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. But even though people are returning faster, like the Achilles is no joke. So our, our guy, James Robinson actually tore his Achilles and is coming back this year, but like missed the whole season. And it tends to sap a lot of athleticism. And like, he came back and average Cam Akers like two yards of carry, you know, once he, once he was back. And so Daryl Henderson's the other guy. And if he is not like if Cam Akers is not the player that he once was, you could be looking at a guy that also catches passes, you know, is a very efficient runner. So I like him a lot too. So what, if you had your druthers right now, you like that word? Yes. What, what defense would you take first off the board? And do you change your defenses a lot throughout the season, depending on the strength of the offense that a defense is going against? Yeah, I, um, so I've only done, I've done one real draft so far. Um, I've got like six more over the next, uh, until the start of the season. So full plate but uh i like the packers because uh while they're not the best they're not the best defense but they're in the afc uh or sorry the nfc north with a bunch of other teams that aren't the bears that good you know it's the bears the lions the vikings like nobody that's really all that scary and their uh beginning of the season schedule is super soft and so 
I do rotate defenses. Like once, once the Packers play a good offense, I'm probably going to drop them and, and scoop somebody else up. Just whoever's, I tend to go find whoever's playing a rookie quarterback or a really shitty quarterback, and I just scoop up that team and hope that that guy throws a lot of picks. How um, often? Sorry, keep going. I'll change it every week if uh, you know, unless they've got back-to-back games against bad teams. But you know, obviously, if it's a good defense and a bad team, that's ideal. Opponent of the the two for one or the three for one, where I package like two or three kind of good players, and I go after somebody really good. And sometimes you can get that from another team that's also bad. You know, you're like, yeah. You guys are bad across the board. Here's three guys that are better than the guys that you're starting. Give me your one best player, you know, and uh, sometimes those work out. So I'm a, I try those first. Uh, otherwise, you know, if I do hit on a ton of picks and I've got a really strong bench and I've got a bunch of guys that could start on another team, then I'll start making offers, you know, again, two for one, trying to get a stud that I can, that I can play and, Always, always trying to package multiple guys and get an upgrade on on a certain position. You know, so <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta throw it back to the uh, unpaid intern. That is how he dominated the league. He would just play <laughs> on the week and would just propose trades nonstop. The ones that didn't play and just forgot about <laughs> the, their team. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how it caught me. They're like, "Why are you sending?" multiple trade offers at 6 a.m. Raleigh, you're not up. And I'm like, oh, I'm just super gung-ho about this guy I've never heard about. Yeah. So, yeah, for those that don't know, Raleigh had someone else do his fantasy leagues for him the last couple of years, and everyone thought it was Raleigh. It's actually the, the old bait and switch really worked there. Yeah, well, it, they figured it out. Now, uh, a, lot of, a lot of them don't talk to me. Can't prove it. So I burn Can't a lot of it. friendships along the way. Don't matter. Not real friends then. Hey, Connor, I think we fit all the positions. So yeah. just to sum everything up, from a positional standpoint, what are drafts? 14 rounds? 15 rounds? That's a standard? Yeah, something like that. Can you just give us 1 through 14, what are we doing positionally? In a perfect world, if the people you want are there, what are the by position for the rounds? So – yeah, this is going to be super broad because obviously... Yeah, very broad. Yeah, I know this can change but, on a dime, but... But yeah, round one, I'm pretty much always going running back. Round two, if I can get a good running back, I'm going running back again. You know, that's uh, pretty much all I've been doing. Sometimes if it's late second, I've been taking a tight end. Like Mark Andrews is really the only one. Or Kelsey. Third round... Andrews or Kelsey, or uh, not Kelsey, but Kyle Pitts, if I can get him. Otherwise, I might bang three running backs in a row and then just not take another one for a while. Or I'm taking a very good route. Like, you can still get, like, a Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, you know, some of those guys in the in the third round. Um, but I'm taking a good receiver in the third. Fourth round, another receiver. Fifth round, I'm usually getting Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Uh, almost every time. If I haven't taken tight end yet, I take Darren Waller sometimes. Um, sixth round through the eighth round, receiver, receiver, receiver. And then eighth round through about 11, running back, running back, running back, mixing in a rookie receiver. Some of those guys that I mentioned earlier, you're like 
Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, um, you know, some of these cool rookies, um, or uh, like a Marquez Valdez-Scantling or something who's might be starting on Pat, Pat Mahomes' offense, you know. And then I'm pretty much just going receiver, running back, you know, whichever one looks best available and then kicker defense. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, I'm only drafting one quarterback and I'm trying to make it a good one. I'm only drafting one tight end. I'm trying to make it a good one. Just slamming running back and receiver the whole rest of the way through last two picks kicker and defense. Well, folks, I don't really know how to end it on a better note than what he just did. Raleigh. Actually, uh oh, to derail what you just said there, ending it on a good note, Hell kind yeah. of on a bizarre note, NFL news note. What the hell? The Aaron Donald helmet thing? Did you guys see that? I saw that. Yeah. Assault. Um, so I read they already came out and said because it's in practice, the teams are up to it's up to the teams to discipline in practice, not the league. So that's why we're not going to hear anything about it ever again. That's an annoying rule. Not that I wanted him to be suspended. I just. He went nuts. He went nuts. It's like, what the hell is it with world-class NFL linemen on the defensive side, just going crazy with the helmet every so often. Yeah. We haven't seen the whole story yet, obviously. So who knows, but the video on Twitter, if for those of you that don't know, uh, was it the Bengals and the Rams doing joint practice today? Today is Thursday, August 25th. And Donald saw a skirmish broke out and Donald was swinging that helmet at someone like, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Who knows what happened, but the video is uh, a gong show to say the least. Yeah. I they think already our, <laughs> our divisional opponents are just so unlikable. It's, you know, first it's the Steelers getting helmets swung at it's, it's the Bengals. Like it's <laughs> unlikable guys probably on them more so than, uh, you know, yeah, it's, the, it's the victim's fault. Ravens are yeah. next. Yeah. Look out. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Thanks again, Connor. Hey, for... can I can I make a suggestion? Well, thank you, of course. But can I make a suggestion for the Instagram Raleigh live? Yes. You know how, and you could say this is dumb as hell. Whatever. Um, we'll leave it in the episode. You know how you do like the polls on the Angry Browns fans Instagram? Yeah. Speaking of fantasy, I love hearing these different stories, and you always hear some new great ones every year. What if you asked? What does the loser of your fantasy league have to do? Oh, that's a good question. I'll do that. There's right so now. many good ones. You like the Waffle House challenge, the t- taking the ACT, doing stand up comedy. Like some people have the most outrageous, amazing prizes, penalties, whatever you want to call it, for dead last in their league. I would love to hear from your wide, large audience what some of these crazy ones are. No, I am posting that right now. That's a great hey. call, Kevin. Great but- call. So look forward to that on the Angry Browns fan Instagram. This, if you listen to day, it comes out. It is Friday, August 26th, TGIF, y'all. Tomorrow night, we have our last preseason game against the Bears in Cleveland. We're going to see Jacoby for the first time. Hopefully, it's a good show. Um, Connor, as always, sir, thank you very much for lending us your knowledge. Uh, again, folks, I hope you had your notes and uh, pencils out or notepads, pencils out. I sure did. I know Raleigh did. Anything else, gentlemen? Oh, good luck. Happy drafting. Hey, hey, there we go. For Raleigh, for Connor, for myself, thank you for listening to Dogs of War podcast and good night, Cleveland. It was 1950 in the cold and rain when my father took me to my very first.
American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.